The title sponsor of Hunt Talk Radio is Leupold. Leupold Optics are the trusted optics of accomplished hunters and shooters. If it has a gold ring on it, you know it was built by American hands in Beaverton, Oregon. Whether it's a new rifle scope, binocular, a spotter, rangefinder, or eyewear, go to leupold.com to learn more and look for these fine Leupold products at your high-quality retailers. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. Welcome to Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. As I was walking, I saw something on the side. Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with another episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. I hope you're doing well. Big apologies for the fact that I've been on the road for the last month, uh, and there's been some gaps in us publishing podcast episodes. Um, But I have four of them that I've done with Andrew McKean that we're trying to release as a series. Um, So... It's not like I haven't been doing podcasts, but we thought all four of them at one time would, would be the best way to do that. So uh, we've been throwing out some of our, uh, we'll call them field reports, and that's what this one is. Me, uh, Marcus, and Michael, we just got back from the Yukon. Uh, Marcus and I were up there. Uh, we're hunting mountain caribou, and uh Ended up with a, a little bonus distraction while we were up there that we'll talk about in in this podcast. Uh, Michael was filming, and uh, it's one of my adventure hunts. Uh, I've had four locations that I've always dreamed of hunting. Uh, the Yukon was one of them, so I got got to go do that, and it was every bit of what I expected, every bit of what I could have hoped for. Uh, feeling really, really thankful for that opportunity uh, and really thankful that my wife puts up with my crazy calendar um, and thankful for all of you who listen, who watch, who follow our content and find it worth your time because that's that's who, who and what we do this for. Uh, I'm sitting here in, uh, in our, our conference room right now recording this and I look at our whiteboard and every whiteboard here is about our why and our why the constants are access, conservation, advocacy, information and education. That's what we are here to do. And so all of you being there listening and watching full allows us to fulfill that why. So really appreciate y'all being here. I hope you get uh, some smiles about this hunt, uh, this adventure. It was uh, everything I'd hoped for, everything I dreamed of uh, in the Yukon. You know, when when you do these dream hunts, if you want to call it that, or adventure hunts, you always run the risk that maybe it won't live up to what your expectations were. And I've been really lucky. Uh, my first real adventure hunt that was on my list was sheep in Alaska. That met every expectation and then some. Uh, same with hunting the Cassiars a few years ago. And now this one, uh, it's, I don't know, maybe it's just luck, uh, good fortune. 
Uh, maybe it's who you go with. I don't know, but those experiences have been every every bit of what I could have dreamed of. So you're going to hear about this one. Uh, appreciate you all being here. Uh, hope you're all having a good season. We are in the middle of it. Uh, I'm in town for two days before I launch again for another two weeks of travel and uh, <laughs> probably be behind on podcasts again when I get back. But uh, thanks for listening and thanks for being here. All right, folks, I told you this was an epic story right up there with Jack London's Call of the Wild, War and Peace, uh, whatever other book you want to put to it. But this is going to be an audio book. An audio book? Yeah. You you can't get what we're about to lay down here in print. (laughs) Podcast form. Yeah. (laughs) The pod. (laughs) In case you guys don't know, I'm sitting here with Marcus Hockett and Michael Parente. We have bags under our eyes. Our feet are swollen because we just drove for 35 hours, almost straight through from somewhere north of Watson Lake, Yukon Territory. Yeah, it was a, it was a good drive. It, it was a push. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but what we drove up for was well worth it. Oh, yeah. Even if you had to eat Tim Horton all the way there and all the way back. I enjoyed it. When I know. When in yeah. Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When well, in Rome, yeah. you got to eat that Timmy hose. <laughs> <laughs> Michael is a big Tim Horton fan. So if you've ever been to Canada, or you got it in Ohio, right? We have it in Ohio. Um, I don't know about any other. I've never seen it anywhere besides Canada. I've seen it in New York. Okay. I've never seen it in the West. Yeah. No. Huh. Yeah, it's, I feel but, like it's a cross between like a Starbucks and like a McDonald's or something. Yeah, it's know. a. It's definitely like a low end coffee joint. Yeah, but they got good donuts. They got good breakfast. I mean. I think it's pretty good. And there's one on every corner in Canada. Yeah, there's a lot. There's one in Lethbridge. There's one in Calgary. There's one in Red Deer, one in Sylvan Lake, one in Grand Prairie. When you say one, there's multiple in each one of those towns. Okay, multiple in Grand Prairie, multiple in (laughs) Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, Fort Nelson. I think Fort Nelson was the last one. Yep. Once you leave Fort Nelson, you better have a full tank of gas. For sure. Uh, that is a long stretch, but it's also probably the coolest stretch of the drive, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Hopefully listeners have driven the Alcan Highway. If you haven't, it starts in Dawson Creek, British Columbia, and will take you to the far reaches of Alaska. We short stopped, though. We stopped in Watson Lake, Yukon. Yup. Where gas is eight bucks a gallon. <laughs> is that what it was? No. I think it was like when I did the math per liter, because you take 3.875 and you multiply that, it was a buck 89. So, one side. Per liter? Close to, yeah. So, that's. It, yeah. That's it, too it, much it, math for me. That's yeah, why I yeah. just looked at it and, like, I don't know. It's not like we really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't go shopping around in Watson Lake. Uh, but then we got the exchange rate. Because those are Canadian. Yeah, that's like the extra math involved. Like, ah, yeah. So, how far back do we want to go on this story? I don't know. You gotta you you decide. You this is you're the one who brought all this together and okay started it. All right. So when I put it all together and came up with the idea, Michael said, "I'm going." (laughs) Marcus is hunting. I'm the number two man on the on the on rank here. So that means I'm going. 
And everyone else is like, well, how, how does that work? How does that work? Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I was just like, if Marcus is going and he's hunting, you need someone to lay down some above average footage. So <laughs> I felt like I was the guy for the job. I took a little begging and pleading, but we got it done. And uh, <laughs> you just got to like present the case right, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like, I think that's a good a good tactic is like if you want to do something just get pitch a good a good reason why and then we made it happen so yeah. i was glad to be able to come i've always wanted to go up and see that country and like yeah an opportunity to go to the yukon you don't i mean yeah, I i'm was, definitely glad you were there yeah yeah it, def- it made it a lot, uh, yeah. a lot easier yeah. to yeah can you imagine hunt. if i was filming that oh my god what a waste of money <laughs> and time and effort but oh well so this all starts back, let's roll back to when I turned age 30. All right. I decided I wanted to go and haunt some adventure places before I got too old. Now, I didn't know how old, too old would be, mm-hmm. but I started setting aside $200 a month in 1994. I remember on my 30th birthday thinking, all right. it's kind. Of, Michael, you just turned 30. I did. 30 is kind of like a marker where you're like, okay, I got to be growing up now. Yeah, I'm kind of responsible for my own future, so I can't call somebody and say, hey, uh, can you help me with this? So I talked to Kim, my wife, and she's like, what, $200 a month? I'm like, well, in months that we don't have it, I'll make it up when I get a bonus or something else. So anyhow, I did that for 25 years. And then in, uh, I can't remember when it was, 2000-something, 18, I don't know, somewhere in there. Uh, You and I went to Alaska, Marcus and I, uh, on a sheep hunt. Uh, We lucked out. Eric got a hold of us and said, if you guys will do this, I'll give you the deal of the century. Right. And we can't, it it was the deal of the century. I mean, we still had to pay. Yeah. But he was just starting. He wanted you and I uh, and Tim uh, from Solo Hunter. Yep. He wanted us to go there and let the world know that he's now his own outfitter. So we did get a good deal on that. And, yeah. And uh, it was a great hunt. Yeah, that was, a, that was an epic adventure. and Yeah. It was, it was pretty wild. Yeah. For sure. All of us shot Alaska doll rams. Yep. And it was in a part of Alaska that I said, I want to hunt this someday. I'd driven by there. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that it was that steep driving by. <laughs> <laughs> those sheep tend to do that. They like those steep spots, it turns out. You would know. <laughs> You've already got two of your four, Marcus. Yeah, you imply that I would be able to get the other two, but two, like you're saying my four, that's probably not going to happen. But uh, Michael, should we put a side bet on whether or not Marcus will end up with four? I think there will be a way... That it, it's possible. Like, it's possible. Like, it's, well, okay. Here's because, how. Like, here's how to put it. Yeah, like for all the raffles and stuff. Here's and, how. Yeah, that's exactly how it's possible. I degenerately gamble yeah. with raffles <laughs> for <laughs> stone sheep hunts. Yeah. Uh, like I don't think you're gonna save up for. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Are you? Well, the stone sheep hunts are appreciating the in cost rapidly. Ooh, rapidly. And so it's pretty hard to even like budget for it. It's like how I don't even know how much yeah. it'll cost in ten years. Yeah. Well over $100,000, though. Yeah. And so it's like, at that cost, it's like, man, 
I love sheep hunting, but I could go on multiple doll sheep hunts for the same price. <laughs> or I could put in an application for every single state that offers sheep a hunting. A desert, yeah. And so, yeah, I could potentially draw a desert in my lifetime. Probably not, but you never know. Yeah. It's possible. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're here to talk about Right. Talk about so, any, anyhow, we did that hunt, and then that winter... No, it was actually the winter before I'd talked to Dustin Rowe because Dustin had been on this podcast a couple times. And Dustin had bought uh, an outfitting business in my dream location. Of all my dream locations, the number one on the list was the Cassiar Mountains of northern British Columbia. He happened to buy a concession there. After a podcast one time, he's like, Randy, what's your dream animal? I said, mountain caribou. He's like, what? I have that in my new concession. I'm like, come on, Dustin, you're just turning my crank here he did so you and i went up on a horseback hunt in 2019 and he said ah you'll fill your caribou tag really early you should buy a moose tag <laughs> uh, okay well we did we filled the caribou tag on day two yeah that was that was pretty wild yeah i feel yeah. like there was a lot of luck involved there there was that's where you don't don't confuse luck with skill I had it required zero skill to do what I did on that hunt. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we got to give it credit to to Dustin and James for and like Blythe. This, and yeah. Blythe for yeah. putting us in the right area at the right time. Right, but just like for when it actually came down to like shooting that particular caribou, it was just yeah. like that was pretty crazy. Was yeah, pretty lucky. That's out on our YouTube channel, right, Michael? Yep. Michael runs our YouTube channel. Yep, it's been up there for a bit. Very yeah. popular video. Yeah. So. Yeah, that so check that one off. That's two of my four. And then I uh, got talked into doing the, the talked into. I, I was excited to do the fundraiser for the Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep Society during COVID year because they couldn't have their uh, banquet, which is their one big fundraiser of the year. So Brad got yep. a hold of me and said, hey, would you do a win a hunt with Randy uh, doll sheep hunt up in the Mackenzie Mountains. I'm like, did you say Mackenzie Mountains? Because that's on my list of the, my remaining two. He's like, yeah, why? I'm like, I'm in. I'm paying my own way. I'm, I'm, you just tell me when and where. I'll be there. So we did that. And uh, because the Canadian border was closed for two years, they've rolled us forward two more years. So next year, Marcus and I are joining uh, Andy the winner up in the McKenzie mountains for stone sheep or not stone sheep, doll sheep hunt. Yeah. So. Well, folks, application season is winding down and then it becomes planning season. It becomes gear season and then it becomes hunting season. And all of those things that you need are out at go hunt. Go hunt is a sponsor of the hunt talk podcast. If you go out there and you want the one stop shop for everything the Western hunter needs, that's the place to find it. When you go to the shop and use promo code Randy, they're going to give you discounts on regular priced items. And when you sign up for Insider and use promo code Randy, they're going to put $50 of credit in that gear shop just for you. GoHunt.com, promo code Randy. Go there and do it. Nosler Ammunition is the official ammunition of Hunt Talk Radio and every other platform that we produce. Nosler was founded in 1948 by John Nosler. And over that time, Nosler Ammunition has proven time and again why so many hunters and shooters trust Nosler. 
Whether it's Nosler bullets, components, or their premium grade ammunition, Nosler's reputation at quality shines through. We shoot exclusively Nosler E-tips, Acubons, and partitions in all of our rifles. And all of those can be found at Nosler.com or look for them at fine retailers near you. The Hunt Talk Radio podcast is brought to you by Mystery Ranch Backpacks. For years, I've been using Mystery Ranch Packs. It might be the Metcalf or the Beartooth, the Sawtooth or the Pintler. No matter which Mystery Ranch Pack you choose, here's how you can save 10% on your purchase. Go to the Go Hunt Gear Shop, GoHunt.com, put a Mystery Ranch Pack in your cart, and when you check out using promo code RANDY, you're going to save 10% off that pack and most of the other regular priced items in your cart. Mr. Ranch backpacks. Can't beat them. Go check them out. I got to be behind the camera on that one. I'm actually excited to film. I, I kind of missed filming on this last one. I would like grab a camera every <laughs> once in a while, but yeah. my, Michael was the one who had it on lockdown. I didn't, I yeah. didn't film anything yeah. important. So, <laughs> it makes it easy when you're in a cool spot like that. Uh, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, the other part, so we, I've talked to three of my four, right? The Wrangles, uh, the Cassiars, the Mackenzies, and the Yukon. I wanted to hunt the Yukon, and that's what we just got done doing. I, and it's a good thing that we got it wrapped up because after all those, my slush fund that I built up since I was age 30 is going to be pretty much depleted. <laughs> Unless Kim Newberg finds another pile of generosity somewhere, but... I think I've wore out my punch card. My, my punch card is nothing but holes right now. <laughs> There's no place left to punch. So that's the background of how we ended up in the Yukon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was on my list. And so I got to talking to Dustin because he bought out Caesar Lake Outfitters, a well-known concession in the Yukon. So I was talking to him, let's see, Sheep Show of last year. And he said, well, my best mountain caribou hunt is this one, but it's booked. But I think they're going to cancel it, sounds like. So he, he called me and said, hey, they canceled. I said, I'll take two of them. <laughs> and uh, so that was worth every penny of it. And, and for full disclosure, folks, Dustin is so busy and booked out so far in advance, he doesn't need guys like us to come and give us free hunts. Yeah. He treats everybody well. He provides an unbelievable experience, and it's worth every penny of it, I think. And so uh, that's how we ended up loading the truck a couple weeks ago and heading north, not north to Alaska, north to the Yukon. And um, Marcus and I both had mountain caribou tags and in our pocket. I still don't know how to, like, feel about that. I feel super fortunate that you... You know, well, let me come along as a hunter. I would have been stoked just to come up there and film. I know. And just to be there. But, but then to actually have a caribou tag as well is like, I still don't know how to wrap my head around it. So right. I, I, it's, so, so thank you very well, much. You're very welcome. But Michael, is there anyone in our system here, our community, who epitomizes the idea of fresh tracks more than Marcus Hockett? No. Randy Newberg. Well, yeah, no. you. But. <laughs> Next in line, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Marcus, is. he was the first employee that ever came to work here. He took a chance on me uh, in 2015. I feel like it was the other way around, but... <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so Marcus is this is this is a backstory to this how how Marcus came to work here, and how this is again luck not skill. This is so lucky. The meat eater folks are filming some stuff with me. They're like, hey, can you come and talk about some elk stuff? This was 2015, I think it was. Mm -hmm. One of your classmates in the master's of film program is there, and she says, you must know Marcus Hockett. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. I wonder what he's up to these days. I'm like, how do you know him? She's like, well, he's in the film program with me. I'm like, what? He he got a wildlife degree. She's like, yeah, he's he's getting a, a master's in film. I'm like, huh. Can you give him my phone number and tell him to call me? And so you called me because I was looking for a part-time employee. Yeah. I uploaded YouTube videos for (laughs) like when you first went on YouTube. We just put all the old YouTube videos up and we made some new ones too. We we started to make new ones pretty quick. Yeah. We did that 16-part series about the... The public plan, state transfer. and Did some like gear videos, just like a bunch of... Yeah. Good old YouTube videos. Yeah. And, and then you came to work full-time. Yeah. And just kind of rolled into it. It just yeah. made sense, I guess. <laughs> it made a lot of sense. I'm like, you know what? This is way better. I mean, well, we've hired great subcontractors, but having someone with a lot of talent who loves the the mission, the goal as a full-timer, uh, that, that was a no-brainer for me. So then we got so busy, we put an ad out. And uh, this guy named Aaron Warbritton from the hunting public gets a hold of me and says, hey, I know this guy. He wants to move to Montana so bad, but I think he's taking a job fishing in Texas. (laughs) And it happened to be Michael Parente. Do I got that story right, Michael? Yeah, more or less. (laughs) Okay. And so you came in 2017. Yep. And so anyhow, you, you can feel however you want about that, Marcus, but I think Michael would observe that when we were filming you from afar shooting your caribou, I was, and I think Michael felt the same way, we were so excited that you had shot that huge caribou. (laughs) And it was the kind of stock that is a Marcus Hockett stock. That, if I would have not seen another caribou the whole trip, uh, worth the trip to me. So, all right. Well, I appreciate it. It yeah. was, yeah, an and, incredible opportunity for sure. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. So, we uh, we drove all the way up there. We meet up with Dustin in Watson Lake, uh, and now we go with his Caesar Lake Outfitter crew instead of his Backcountry BC and Beyond crew, who we went with four years ago. Right. And uh, your guide was Dre. Yeah. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre? Is that what you called him? Just Dre. He said he was named named after Dr. Dre, which is hilarious. Yeah, so funny. Dre is awesome. He's like a modern day mountain man, I feel like. And he just wants to be in the mountains. Like, if he could just throw his cell phone away, I think he would and just live out there. Yeah. The only reason he has it is to enrich Dustin and what's going on back at base. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, I, uh, my guide, Grant. And uh, he's a great guy. Oh, okay. serious, serious hunter. Oh, for sure. Uh, very astute business guy. Has all kinds of things going on on the side. And oh yeah, he has like crazy ice houses that he builds and rents out in the summer, yeah. or, or not in the summer, in the winter. They're yeah, Sylvan, sweet. Still yeah. in Lake Alberta. If you're, if anyone's interested, mm-hmm. he'll set you up. So 
right away I felt like, okay, these are the kind of guys I want to hang out with for the next 10 days. Uh, but we got a late start because I had uh, an elk in Kentucky that I'd committed to help a sweepstakes winner. So we got a two-day late start. So we had a 10-day hunt became an eight-day hunt. But as quick as we got there and there were that many caribou up on those mountains, it's like, I don't think we need all eight days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. Because like what you we, we talked about going into it with the weather, I mean, even yeah. when you're rolling up there, you have the fog rolling or the cloud covers low and we wouldn't have seen any of those caribou. Right. And then even like when the sun did finally pop, like we started spotting so many more yeah. that yeah. I think we were probably missing because they, they do yeah. blend in, especially because it's kind of spa- uh, splotchy, like snow covered, you know, scree fields or lichen and yeah. they blend in with that stuff. Yeah. So uh, you definitely could lose days to weather up there pretty easy. So. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going with that. Is this like, yeah, yeah I, it, it wasn't really, like, I mean, there were a decent amount, but it wasn't like it was herds by the thousand or anything no. like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like no. barren ground. I would right. caribou where they're like running by you. They're just, they were up, so on to, up on top of the mountains. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. surprised by is because we did a little recon before looking at all the tro- trophy photos online. Like, a lot of those photos were like down in the bottom, it looked like. But yeah, no, I these went things ba- were I went, like, I went back up. and looked at some more of them and I was like, oh, there's, there's definitely some there were some on yeah. top of the mountains but it was just like I, in my mind like because i'd seen some of those snow covered photos from you know caesar lake outfitters website yeah. basically yeah. and it's just like kind of a lot of them seemed like they were lower down on more gradual terrain and so it's like oh yeah they'll be on their winter range we'll go in there and you know it'll be it'll be awesome but i didn't think that they would be in the steep country yeah and, may, in- and maybe they do move down a little bit when there gets to be a ton of snow but I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised at all if they just stay up on those windswept bridges all winter because yeah. that's where the wind clears off. Yeah. So it was – I the first caribou we spotted, I was like super jacked because I'm like, <laughs> those things are in sheep country. Yeah. Like that yeah. looks fun. Like, they're, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, a couple of things about getting there to where we could actually spot sheep is one – if you want to hunt mountain caribou, which is so much fun, yeah, I think it is kind of like sheep hunting in some respects. Maybe not. Like where I shot the one in the Cassiars, that was not a sheep type hunt. That was like a whitetail pasture hunt where you just rode a horse for 10 hours. Yeah, and that's where I think we got lucky on yeah. that one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were on a high plateau, like so it was like... We were high, higher elevation in the scheme of things, but yeah, right. it was not in like super pretty, steep. pretty undulating. Yeah, very very tame. So in this spot, it was not that where the where they were. Uh, but a couple of things for the audience: if you have a a big desire for certain species, you know, like in Alaska, you got to use a guide for doll sheep, mountain goat, or the big bears. Anything in Canada, you got to use a guide or outfitter and so i think we've been lucky to have in all these hunts amazing people yeah from right. eric and branson in alaska to uh james and blythe in bc and then on this hunt dre and and grant yeah i i think that can you imagine being stuck in a 10-day hunt with some guy who you just can't stand <laughs> Yeah, that'd be unfortunate. 
Yeah. No, that's like, I mean, that's definitely something you think about going into the guided hunt stuff. And this was only, I mean, cause I'd done the one with Branson and Eric, you know, yeah. Eric's son with the doll sheep. And that was the only thing that I had personally got been a hunter on. And so this was my second guided hunt. And it is, I mean, it is weird. It's like, if, yeah. if I could go on my own, you know, I think you're the same. You, yeah. We would, right. but you can't. Right. So. And so it is, it's just a weird feeling because, like, you know, a lot of the work is done for you. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing where to go. One of the biggest challenges, just knowing where to go. Like, they're picking the spots. Right. And so. eliminating the, I guess I'd call it vacant country in areas oh, with yeah. such low animal densities. Right. That's that's one thing that always surprises me when I go up north hunting, whether it's Alaska or Canada. The animal densities are really low. Yeah. You really need to be able to look over a lot of country. And by the time we show up, Dre is like, no, there's not many in here. They're mostly over up in here, up in that base. And it's that's a huge amount of homework already done for you. Right. And that, not only what he had done that season, but then also what Dustin and then also the previous outfitter who owned the concession before Dustin right. had done. It's just yeah. like years and years and years of experience knowing where these animals are, yeah. how they navigate the landscape. And so it's like it, on one token, it's super cool and interesting to mm-hmm. learn from them because like it expedites the process yeah. like substantially. Like you learn so much in such a short amount of time and, and you're more likely to be successful. Yeah. But it does like... I, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't take away a little bit of like mm-hmm. that intrigue of like the unknown and like learning an area. Right. Making your own mistakes. And... I think it's just a different experience, but it's an mm-hmm. experience that it's like so worth having. Yeah. Like it's so, so cool. Yeah. But it's, it is a different experience and, you know, finding your own spot and yeah. hunting stuff or by yourself. But yeah, I'm, I'm really gl- like, I'm more intrigued about doing hunts in Canada after having done this, like for sure. Yeah. Like it, I highly doubt it'll be my last one. I'll figure out a way to make it, <laughs> make another one happen. You know? yeah. So it is, it's just, I don't know. It's, it was a weird thing to me, for me to grapple with at first, but it's like, yeah. No, I, Super I, cool. I, it was, I thought it was great. Uh, Michael is now the world's expert on how to build a comfortable nest in the back end of an Argo. Oh yeah. Michael, describe an Argo for me. Yeah, Argo. So, yeah, if, you don't, if you've never seen an Argo before, it's a, like, I don't know, like a big side-by-side. It doesn't have a roof or anything, but four wheels on each side. They're, they're like, when you turn right, the right side wheels break and the left side wheels push. So it's like, it moves like a tank, basically. Yeah. And uh, we became, or we like had this term at a certain point we would just say just argo it uh marcus and uh dre came up with it because like they can literally go anywhere and so like there there's just little like i don't know there's like a little bed in the back and so uh marcus and dre were in one and you sit up in the front and there's like a bench seat and then randy and uh grant were in the other one and i rode with them and at first we were trying to, I tried to, we were like, I was sitting forward, like facing forward. And it was just like super uncomfortable when you're going up, like, cause they can go up the sides of mountains and like at that pitch, I don't have a strong enough core 
if you guys saw my, my beer gut, you'd understand. Uh, and so I eventually like got, it was pretty sweet. It was like a lounge chair. Like I could like lounge in the back and like have my feet sticking out the back. And it was pretty awesome there for a just, little bit. Yeah. Just like arrange the backpacks. In yeah. A way that you just Arran- like- yeah. Arrange the backpacks, one on each side. And then we had those, the Yeti Panga. And when you zip those things up, they can just like hold the air in there. And yeah. like, so I was sitting like deep in the, in the tailgate there. And, uh, it was sweet. It was like a little lounge chair and it was, it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad at all really. Cause like one of the big complaints like that I had heard from the people before, like we had talked to people in camp who had used them is they're, they are pretty bumpy when you're like, they're not like the most, there's no suspension. Yeah. On there's them. no suspension on yeah, them. So you're going over stuff and you're like the guy who came out of camp before us said he's going to need like to be reimbursed for his chiropractor bill or something like yeah. that. He was just joking around, <laughs> but um, yeah. And that's like, I'm sure we should, we should probably talk about that. It's like, it's, yeah, that's another weird thing is like riding around those Argos, like, but I don't know how else you would do it. Like where we were at, like, I guess you could, you would, you would hike in, but like going way back in the bush and, it, I thought it was an amazing tool, honestly. Like, it was it was pretty sweet. You can only use them in the Yukon. Like, the other provinces, they don't um, allow it, and you definitely can't use them in the States. But yeah. they were a really sweet tool, if you ask me. Hunt Talk Radio is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online learning platform that includes access to courses from some of hunting's most trusted experts. You'll find courses by my buddy Corey Jacobson, Remy Warren, me, Hank Shaw, John Barklow, Jamie Teagan, and the list is growing and growing. And here's the other cool part. My buddy Corey, who founded the University of Elk Hunting course, the popular course that is everything known about elk hunting, his course is now part of your subscription to Outdoor Class. So, all for one subscription, at one price, you get all of the Outdoor Class courses, plus Corey's University of Elk Hunting. Go to OutdoorClass.com, use promo code RANDY when you sign up, and you're going to save 20%. This will be great information for any hunter. Hunt Talk Radio is brought to you by Outdoor Class, an online learning platform that includes access to courses from some of hunting's most trusted experts. Outdoor Class now includes the University of Elk Hunting course from my buddy Corey Jacobson. All these courses in one single subscription at one price. Go to OutdoorClass.com and use promo code RANDY to save 20% when you sign up. This is great information for any hunter at any level. The Hunt Talk Radio podcast is also presented by our wonderful friends at Mountain Tough. If you're like me and you want to hunt until you're 80, or maybe you just want to keep up with the younger folks or your kids later in life, you need to start focusing on your health and your nutrition. It's never too late to get started. I just started and I'm 59. And yeah, I should have started 20 years ago, but I've made that commitment and the Mountain Tough app makes it so easy. So if you want to invest in your health and your hunting, start your free trial today. Go to mountaintough.com and when you sign up for the free trial, they're going to give you 14 days free. 
But when you sign up and use promo code Randy, they're going to add an extra 30 days onto that free trial when you select the monthly plan. Yeah, they're incredibly capable, but is is really interesting because yeah, you, they could take them off trail. Yeah, and largely we're on these trails that they had like this, for, used for years, years and years. Yeah, developed through the these valleys, but it's kind of an interesting thing of like it felt weird to mm-hmm. access some of the places that we were with them. Yeah. But on the same token, like in Montana, we have a two track drain or two track road and a lot of the drainages. Yeah. Like when you think about it, like comparing it to the Yukon, it's still like the access that we have in Montana is far greater. There's oh, yeah. there's far fewer roadless areas or like areas that you could, you know, take an ATV or UTV in Montana than in the Yukon. And so it's just like, I don't know. It feels like you're going back in time a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And like, and then even just the road that we drove on to get to access the area, right. you know, it's like you're driving on this road for hours and hours and like that road could have easily not been there had right. it not been from some, some industry that needed to use it. And mm-hmm. so if that didn't exist, then, then you'd be super inaccessible to those areas unless you're using you know, a plane or helicopter or whatever. And so right. it just like, it, it messes with my head, like thinking about the ways of ac- of access. And it's just like, I the first gut feeling is like, man, I don't like this. Cause it's just like, you, you know, associate yourself with growing up in Montana. And like, I don't like when people are driving off road on ATVs, but then yeah. it's like, but we're in a different point in our, you know, travel management history, I guess right. you yeah. could put it. That it's just like, they're just further behind in the scheme of of where they're at and in development and, and, well, and, and, there, and there's, there's yeah. just like no people up there too. Like no. there's four we were talking in camp, I think they said there's forty thousand people and fifteen hundred hunters. Yeah. In the like Yukon. In the Yukon. Fifteen fifteen hundred resident hunters. Yeah. yeah. For an area that's giant. Huge. Yeah. 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 It's hey. Well, we would leave camp and we'd get on that mining road in our pickups and drive for, what, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then we'd park them and then we'd get in the Argos and we'd go through those Argo roads for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. We'd stop yeah. A, a little bit and do Glass. a little glassing, but yeah. largely, yeah, it was like, go to, like, we found an area where the caribou were. Yeah. And like we, that's where we went, and it was about yeah, I'd say it was about an hour to get there, maybe a little bit more, um, depending on how long you'd stop. But yeah, and then you'd you'd spot them and get a little bit closer and yeah, class them up and I I just don't know how you, one how you get to our cabin that we stayed at. That's three hundred clicks or kilometers from Watson Lake. That's one hundred and eighty miles. Yeah, and it's a mining road. Most of it. Right. So if that mining road wasn't there and there weren't decades of Argo trails, what do you get to do? Yeah. I mean. Hike it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not feasible for most. <laughs> or hor- it's horseback. Just, yeah, but I just like, yeah, I still am like, have confused feelings about yeah. the Argos in my head. It's just like they're, I it think was they're an, awesome. It's an incredible tool. <laughs> yeah. like, there's no doubt about that. And they're amphibious. They float. Yeah. So right. you could take them across rivers or lakes or whatever. And if you have yeah. plugs for them, you're supposed to have plugs in the back. Hot <laughs> tip. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was blown away by the places that there, there were roads 
Argo trails, Argo road, what do they call them? Did they call them road no, trails? Argo trail. In a lot of places where I'm like, there's no way you can get this thing up there. Oh no, see, there's an old trail up there. They've been going up there for right. decades. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and the downside is if you're the passenger, the exhaust comes out right below your face. <laughs> Get a little lightheaded. Yeah, so there. by about noon, you're walking around with a carbon monoxide buzz going on and yeah. fainting. And But, oh, well. It yeah, was, and there there is a point where you can't go any higher legally. Right. I think it was like 4,000 feet or Something meters. Like that. Or yeah, yeah. Some, basically you would go, I mean, well, there was like the established trails and we'd take those up as... Basically, you're still in the the brush, or right. yeah. you're in the like below the rather than the tree line. It's kind of like the brush line, so you're yeah. you're not like really driving above tree line with them. But you yeah. still get a proper um, bushwhack going up those mountains. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's uh, we lay all that out there because that's what folks are going to see. Oh yeah, and, and it's just the way you, they're. It'd be impractical to try hunt that country any other way. You couldn't hunt it by boat because there's a beaver dam, unless you want to portage over a hundred beaver dams. You know, try to take your boat up there. You'd need a really small boat. Yeah. With a jet drive, and you'd portage every two hundred yards. No, and the way I look at it, it's just another experience to have. And like, I can have my you know feelings to myself about Argos mm-hmm. that. You know, if I don't like them, whatever. Like, does it as an experience? I'm super glad we had and like yeah, totally. Just I yeah, I have a different like. I freaking love those things. Like, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish we could use them. Well, then yeah, and that's. I mean, like the the weird. Like, if I were if I was capable of going back and just like hunting it in the way I would want to hunt it, I would love to like you know park on the road and then just backpack in. Yeah. But again, what we were talking about, that road could easily not exist, and that's like right. the same kind of thing. Yeah. But almost that's almost as so you're not full of exhaust and bouncing around the yeah. whole time. That's yep. how it goes. But yeah. also packing a caribou out of there. <laughs> yeah. Ten I mean, miles would be pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without an Argo. So it'd limit you a lot. The first day we go out there and it's raining. I'm trying to snow. I'm like, oh, this is about par for Alaska, the Yukon, and you know, October, whatever day we were, eighth. I don't. I can't remember what our first day was, but that's about par for weather up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the like second or third group we saw had that bull in it that Dre said the other hunter uh, passed. It, it's he like pass. he, was, he didn't want to go after it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, and I didn't really want to go after it either when I saw where it was. <laughs> and Marcus was like, "Oh man!" Marcus perks up. Yeah. I was pretty excited. It's up on the top of the mountain. Yeah, and uh, we're looking at it through the spotter, and you can tell he's a whopper. He's just so palmated and big points, and I'm like, oh, man, one of us need to shoot that thing. That's what was going through my head, even though it was only the first day. Yeah, I just... it looked big to me, and again, but it's like, okay, well, my sample size, I've seen bulls up close, or two now, the yeah. one that you shot in 2019, and then this one. Yeah. I mean, because we had seen some other ones previously, but they were a long ways away. So it was like hard to really get a gauge on like what you're looking at. And yeah. so the fact that I was like, I, I don't know, it looks really big to me. But <laughs> it's like you guys yeah. and then yeah, but both, the, both yeah. Grant and Dre yeah. were just like, no, 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 no. Somebody yeah. really, really needs to shoot this thing. Yeah. And so I wanted Randy to shoot it because it was big. Mm-hmm. 
And then, so we got in an argument for a while. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be the biggest caribou that we'd see. So I was, my point was someone's shooting this thing and I hope it's Marcus. So See, when that you were crazy. so when you were excited to go shoot it, I had to fake like I wasn't that excited about it. But I think I told Michael that if Marcus doesn't shoot that thing, I'm I'm gonna have to shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> because crazy. I knew I, I know if I would have said that, you wouldn't have went and shot it or tried to shoot it. Yeah, no, because I, I want you to get it. Yeah. Oh, well, it was fun. Oh, yeah. The first day stock, though, I don't know. how they, You think they just randomly got up? Because we had the wind in our favor. I still don't know. But, I mean, just watching their behavior over the past week, just they, they're rutting right now, and so they're just kind of bouncing around throughout the middle of the day. It wasn't like they had just bed down in the same spot for hours. They were no. seeming like they'd moved around and just... Tundra squirrels. Tundra squirrels, yeah. That's what we... <laughs> some guy in Alaska told us that, yeah. that, they look, that he calls them tundra squirrels, and I like it because kind of, they are kind of just like wandering around, just running one way, running the other way. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it wasn't super like... I wasn't super surprised that they disappeared on us, but it was, it was a good stock. I mean, it was like a, it was a climb up there. Yeah, and we was, all went, which was really cool. Yeah, like, they were that like when we left for that stock, they were running down the mountain. You know, like when we were up on the hill and we decided to go, they were like coming down the mountain. Right. And then once we like, but we saw them, we saw them one more time, and they were bedded again. Yeah. But yeah, they they had made a big move on us. Yeah. Like we were about to go. And then they made a big move and bet it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a tough. Yeah, that for me, that was like a freaking one of the toughest climbs I've done in a long time. I was not expecting that. Like, like I said, like totally was expecting to, it to be like maybe like halfway like mount, up the mountain. Like I thought they were going to be a little lower, but um, yeah, that was a, that was a climb, man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was a climb, and that was, like, kind of a good learning lesson, too, though, for, like, the next day. Yeah. When, like, so we, we eventually did get up there, and... Uh, well, we, we had to go through... Remember, we yeah. were going through, like, scree and avalanche. Because, yeah. I mean, that was the best approach with, with totally. the wind. Like, there was an easier route up the mountain, but where the caribou were and with the wind, it made sense to go up this go steep up scree yeah. and kind of through the avalanche chutes and... Yeah. But... Got up there. I mean, like you guys saw one for. Didn't you see one coming over, like peeking over the ridge there for a second? No, no. We know we saw we saw them when we were below, still below them. Yeah, below them. Yeah. So we saw some there, and then that was the last time. Yep. As soon as we got above them, we never never saw them again. Yeah, and there's just like when you get up high, you don't really realize it when you're down low. But there's like like you were saying, there's like these little folds, and like it's so steep in some spots that they could just be under one of those little folds, and you right. never see them. And that's kind of what I think happened that day. Yeah, we because we zigzagged around on that mountain for a while trying to relocate them and just never could. Yeah. But in hindsight, I think they were still there somewhere. Yeah. They're just in one of those folds where we couldn't see yeah and honestly it's kind of cool archery terrain to, yeah, that, because that of be. all of that like there was just enough cover it, it looks like you'd see the whole face but once you're up there you can only see a little ways or yeah it'll be a big portion of a basin that's just out of sight until you get right up in it yeah and hundreds of ptarmigan yeah, yeah. the ptarmigan were everywhere and yeah. the randy shot- was just ditching himself up there wow. just going nuts didn't yeah. have a shotgun with him Bad deal, but oh well. So they got away from us that day. 
Yeah. And the only thing I managed to accomplish that day is uh, when we're coming side hilling across there, I hit one of those patches of snow that was kind of wet and I slipped and I caught myself with my downhill leg, my left leg. I don't know what the hell I did to my hip. But it felt like I drove my hip right up underneath my eyeball. Uh, yeah, and, not uh, good. I'm like, oh, For no. For the first day of the hunt. First day of the hunt, and I've done something bad here. Uh, so I was walking off the mountain. I was having a lot of concerns. I'm like, seven more days. We're <laughs> going to do this at least seven more times. Because you, you probably get a stock a day. Right. When you, <clears throat> when you find one. Yeah, when yeah. you find one. You're, it's a long stock. I mean, that stock we did was, what, four hours probably? Yep. Yeah, at least. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, all right, at the most we got seven more stocks and I already messed up my hip. This is not, well, this wasn't in the script. <laughs> so, but we didn't get them the first day. No. So we uh, went back to camp and those guys are good camp cooks. Yeah, spaghetti and some sort of meat sauce that night, I do believe. I was yeah. looking at the footage today. Nice. Grant's a great cook. Grant kind of took over the cooking duties. Yeah. He did a great job, I thought. Oh, no, that was, was it chicken? It, it was spaghetti, whatever. It doesn't matter, but those guys crushed it on the food. Yeah. No, that's did. one of the nice things I thought about, like, going on a guided trip is, like, it's kind of nice to go <laughs> they just, just they, like <laughs> Yeah, they made food for us, and we stayed in a cabin. Yeah. Um, Thank God for the cabin. Yeah, because it was it was wet. wet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, Having a place to dry out was pretty nice. Yeah, I, it looked like we were doing laundry every night because there's one stove and all kinds of ropes hanging around the stove and nails on the wall, and that's where you had to hang your gear, or you're going to start out wet again the next morning. Yeah, that was pretty nice. That part of the hunt was very cush. I mean, just yeah. the fact that we had. Yeah, that's just another weird thing because it's like oh how can i help and they'd be like oh no no don't worry about it don't worry about it we got it we got it it's like ah oh, all right yeah just sit there and hard. stare at them cooking uh, felt, yeah. felt it was really, awesome felt really weird it was <laughs> that's awesome why I, I felt, that's why i'd get up and tell them look let me do the dishes at least, man come on let, let me let me do something let me make my own sandwich or something whatever because i'm just not accustomed yeah. to being waited on the way that they do it and uh yeah but part of the gig i guess yeah but. but a lot of people look at that cabin and say oh my gosh we're staying here yeah for sure uh, compared to a, a wet wall tent so, it was like the taj mahal oh yeah. yeah no it was it was super nice yeah i mean there's mice everywhere but we set out a trap line and we were catching some mice in there <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> like it, far- it was great it, it was great like it, it was an awesome cabin to oh. stay in, but like I wouldn't say it's like nice in the sense of like there's like running water. Like there was no like it's not like there's running water. Or like there wasn't like a bathroom or anything. Like no, it's not like it's a it's a hunt it's a hunting shack. You know, right? I guess yeah. yeah to put it in perspective, it's not like yeah, it wasn't like a, it's not like you're going, you're going on like to a, a lodge. Yeah, you have exactly. A that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like no, you're I, sleeping on benches that had pads on them, if, which was perfectly fine. Yeah, it was like yeah. a if you've ever been to a forest service cabin. I guess I don't yeah. know how many people have done that, but that's yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's just kind of a no electricity. Or well, they they had a generator. Generator. Though. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 
I'd say a, step, a little like, step above a, a forest service cabin. It depends on which one you go to. Cause like yeah. I've, I've seen very varied forest services cabins. We, this one had uh, an oven but that didn't work. I don't think, but the stove was, yeah. Hooked up to a propane tank. It was, they had a little skillet and a two burner and it was, it was everything you needed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And they made coffee every morning. Yeah. Some cowboy coffee. I, I learned a little trick on this trip that if you make cowboy coffee, you throw a little, cold water on top and it puts the grounds to the bottom that was pretty cool yeah honestly i'm gonna do that because it worked really well yeah i was surprised how well that worked yeah because i've made cowboy coffee before but i didn't know the cold water trick so so it rained really hard that night and when it stopped raining i thought oh it just got cold enough it turned to snow but when we woke up the next morning it was actually pretty mild it was like 40 degrees out yeah but i didn't know if we're gonna be able to see anything that day it was really yeah. Fun. I was trying to remember. Yeah, what days were fogged in on us? But it's yeah. basically just the first two days of, yeah. of hunting because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that day we were we were a little worried about it. But like, once we got going, it was. I mean, there was there was clouds. They weren't low, super low hanging clouds. Like you could still see most of the mountain. Um, you know, we did the kind of the same drill. I don't know if I'm getting a little too far ahead, but like we did the same drill that day. Got up, you know, had breakfast. They cooked great breakfast every morning. We went to the trailhead, got in those Argos, did a little looking, and then went back to try and relocate that that caribou. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, <clears throat> we actually got to go for a little hike that, yeah. that morning. That was pretty good. Hiked mm-hmm. up this kind of parallel to where we had seen them before. Yeah. And it was, this was an eye-opening moment for me is when Dre finally spotted them. Hmm. They were... They had probably been visible for quite a while. Yeah. And that was just like, okay, these things do blend in. Yeah. With yeah. The mountains pretty good. Because <laughs> we're glassing from, I think it was like, it was about a mile away, yeah. I think. And like, you think like you look on that face like, oh yeah, if there's caribou out there, I'll, I'll see them. But it was a, you know, we did it was a for scr- a little while. It took a, yeah, it took like, I don't know, we hiked up that mountain. We'd set up and stopped and glassed a couple of times. And then finally Dre's like, oh, there they are. Did, was the first spot of them were they in the scree? I, right, I remember yeah, like right filming the edge them. Of, right on so the it's edge like of the yeah, scree. you'd think like if you have like a a flat background color, you'd be able to pick up something. But it was yeah, took a bit to find them. Yeah, I I still didn't see them for the longest time. I'm like, where are you guys looking? <laughs> what? And then I'm trying to look through that rain and mist. I'm like, oh, I, I can't see them. And then finally, it cleared a little bit. You know how those clouds had kind of come in and out of that little gap there? And I'm like, oh, I'd been looking at them for, they'd been in my field of view for probably three or four minutes before one of them kind of moved. And yeah. that's, that's when I noticed, oh, that's a caribou. Yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> Just that uh, flat light, I think the clouds and it's made them hard to spot. Yeah. So we, you pulled out your spotter. You realize, yeah, same, same bowl, same big bowl, <laughs> and I and mind you, every time we stopped, every time we looked at the bowl, every time I would always look at Randy, like, so you want to shoot it? <laughs> and he would look at me and go, "Nope, don't want to." Yep. And so <laughs> kept trying to hand the reins over every time. <laughs> yeah, you did, and I, every time it got a little bit harder to act disinterested. <laughs> But where uh, he was that day, I was disinterested. <laughs> yeah, he was in the scree. He was in super steep country. Um, 
Well, he was in super steep country, but we were on the opposing face of a very steep drop, you know, 400 and some feet vertical down into a complete pile of brush. Yeah, it's a lot of bushwhacking once you get in the bottoms. And then, what, 12, 1400 feet up the other side? Yeah, I think that it was like around, yeah, somewhere in there. 1200 it was steep 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 Steep. like watching you guys through the spotter as you just you ascended that yeah i was given narration like that does not look any fun i'd look at michael (laughs) and say michael we made the smart decision to stay back here and film this from a far distance yeah Yeah. well and then the first half of it too you're going through the buck brush like pulling yourself up through Uh the the brush and it's this it's it's one thing going down through it. That's also not that pleasant. But yeah. going up through it, you're like you're fighting yeah. gravity and and the brush at the same time. Yeah. It's like you're I don't know. It's it's a different thing. Like you're using muscles and like you're getting hung up and this like this stuff you're not used to. Like yeah. so that was fun and interesting. Yeah. But then as soon as like we got out of the brush, then I was just like back in back in the zone. Like yeah. all right, I'm ready to ready to cruise now. Yeah. Well, under uh, Yukon law, the guide can't leave his hunter. So it was killing Grant to have to stay there with me and Michael. Yeah, so (laughs) just Dre Dre and I went on the stock. At this point, I'd sat down for a little while while we were glassing, and when I stood up, my hip felt like it was welded together from whatever had happened the day before. And uh, the decision was made. Someone needed to kill that bull. And Michael and I looked at each other, and I think we both came to the conclusion that Marcus should just go with Dre. Yeah, I mean, if you had taken me, it had taken another two hours probably just because I'm not the fastest hiker. And, like, honestly, looking back on the whole thing, like, it wouldn't have really – I mean, yeah, you you get, like, a little bit better footage. Like, I thought Dre did a great job with what he had there. And, uh, like – not taking all of us was probably a better play overall too, just cause yeah. like you guys got in there so close. Like right. all like, it takes is one person to have their head up or me carrying the tripod over and the caribou seeing it. Um, yeah. It, and like, who knows? Like if, I mean, it was so amazing watching how fast you guys went up that mountain. Oh. If it would have taken another, even if it was like 45 minutes or like an hour, like who knows? They may not have been there. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I had mixed feelings about it. I wanted you guys to be there. Yeah, no, but the cool thing was that you still, you were there. Yeah. And you're just watching from across, you know, across the way. Yeah. And so it actually ended up being a really cool perspective Yeah, for we, you guys uh, to like yeah. be across. With Michael and I had our spotters with our all-in digiscoping set up with our cameras or our phones. Yeah. And it was raining like crazy. How our phones didn't die and all that rain, I don't know. Sometimes you guys would disappear because of the rain and the fog and the right. But it took you guys to drop that four or five hundred feet and climb up that other twelve or fourteen hundred feet through that brush. You guys did that in just slightly over an hour. Oh yeah, I it didn't was, know that. It was awesome watching it. It's just <laughs> I, like da, 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 da. you yeah. guys are such a group in, in a groove. Yeah, that first pile of brush in the steepest spot about quarter way up to halfway up, it really slowed you guys down. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if they're going to get there in time before dark because you guys left at what, one thirty, two o'clock, something like that? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. It was, it was, it was about but, one, yeah. one yeah. or yeah. 
Yeah, it was two, I think. In my mind, it just, like, didn't matter. It was like, we just, we're going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you guys broke through that brush, and you guys scaled the rest of that ridge so fast. I remember telling uh, Michael and Grant, I'm like, that bull is going to die. <laughs> they are moving. These guys have it in swift and fast, and that bull's dead. He just doesn't know it yet. So. Yeah. Well, and then once we hit the ridge, like the ridge above them, it was just blowing sideways like crazy, just raining and just the fog coming in, sleet hitting in the face. So that was pretty fun. But I was also like, man, I don't want to take a far shot in this. Like, but like, like I said from the day before that, they're on the same mountain, just on the different face. But there's so many rolls to it. It actually ended up being really nice to be able to get in close on them. Mm-hmm. But. We struggled to find them for a little bit because we'd seen them when we were hiking up. We saw them for a split second on the skyline, so we knew they had come closer to us. Um, but then when they went, they went back across, went back out of sight. We popped over there, and you'd think you could see them, and they're not there. And so <laughs> like, okay, they got to be in the next swale. And so we just like kept hiking to the next spot, and like not there. Like, I doubt they went this far, but so we were kind of just doing the same thing as yesterday, zigzagging across the mountain. And I know that these guys across the way were probably just going crazy. It's like, <laughs> we were. how do they not see them? They're right there. They're right below. <laughs> uh, um, it'll be fun to listen to that commentary. On the, no, we're going to cut that audio because my audio is not, <laughs> not conducive to adult li- or uh, child listening. Yeah. Well, and then also it was just like, this is another part about like being guided. It's just like, Dre's calling the shots, which mm-hmm. is just like, it's frustrating to me. But at the same time, like I have to take a step back and be like, I've never mountain caribou hunted before. Like he has, like he kind of knows, he knows these mountains. He knows, yeah. he knows the species. And so it's like really hard for me to just like, but it's like, cause we, I wouldn't want to do what he was doing sometimes, but it's just like, okay, whatever. Like, I guess we'll go over there. But I mean, it all worked out great in the end, but it's just like, it was one of those things where it's like, man, it's, it, it's frustrating not being able to call some of the shots, but yeah, um, yeah. So finally, we're doing our little zigzag down the mountain, and I spot a cow, and she's got us pegged, and probably a hundred yards away, just like staring us down. And so we freeze, you know, the classic, just sit still, and we're she can probably only see our heads at this point; she can't see all of us. And so eventually, she gets bored and goes back to to feeding. Luckily. And uh, we just kind of inch forward, inch forward, and you start to see more of the herd. And another cow spotted us again, but same thing. She eventually got disinterested. And come to find out, I think these caribou aren't super smart, but we were trying to be sneaky regardless. <laughs> um, and uh, But anyway, finally could see the bull, and but we could just see the tops of his antlers. Couldn't see him at all. And so... It turned into a waiting game for a while, and I don't know. We probably weren't really there for that long, but it felt like quite a while where we were just, like, sitting there with them, you know, sub 100 yards. Yeah. And uh, finally could see the whole body of the bull, but then there was cows with him, like, right behind him, so there was no shot, and it just took a little while, but eventually walked out 60 yards, shot him. He kind of twirled, stood up, I stood up, shot him again, and roll down the mountain yeah not not all the way down the mountain luckily that would have been that would have been unfortunate he got hung up on his antlers but he had a lot of antler to get hung up on yeah so no it was pretty cool i don't know i mean what i want to hear from your guys perspective from across the mountain what 
Oh, I mean, I thought you guys were about, got pegged, and like for a second there, I thought it was over. Really? But yeah, like yeah. I mean, because when you guys were coming around, that that uh, yeah, the cow was looking at you, and then like I thought for a second that they started like kind of moving away, like at a at kind of a quick pace. But yeah, you know, at one like, point the one cow kind of trotted, but then as soon as like we creeped up, and then the whole herd was like calm again so yeah. no yeah. i mean i thought it was awesome it's really yeah. cool watching it from from that perspective yeah, like, yeah. It, the only thing that would have been better is like being there right there but like the second best that's pretty cool to watch i've been able to like do that with a couple hunts before and it's it's really fun to watch like and and see yeah because yeah. it's just like such a different perspective from our side yeah of like oh no they went too far oh no like oh they they got spotted or like uh, they're what the hell yeah, why, 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 why aren't they, they shooting, shooting? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> i think that was most of my comments yeah. it's like shoot what yeah. are you waiting for shoot because i could see you guys cows yeah i could see you guys set up there and it looked like it somewhere along the way, I can't remember where it was, if you guys had seen them or you just knew you were nearby, you dug out the camera yeah. and the tripod and it looked like you handed it to Dre. Yeah, so Dre was filming and I tried to double check and make sure he was on him and stuff. But he, he got it. He had it under control. He did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just threw it on autofocus. So it might be focus hunting a little bit during that footage. But oh, well. it... it it worked. We yeah. looked at it. So it, it was the most exciting stock I've ever watched. <laughs> really, I mean, from from afar, not being able to communicate or anything. Uh, and I think having Michael and Grant there, and we're all hypothesizing what you guys are thinking or what you're seeing, and it was. Man, when you shot that thing, we were over there jumping up and down, fist pumping, hooting and yelling, and <laughs> it, was, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, wow. oh, it was. It was pretty, pretty incredible. And it's an awesome place to show one up on top of the mountain. Just like, yeah, super cool scenery. Just. In yes. the sheep, sheep country, it felt like, you know. And the sun came out for you for about 30 minutes? Yeah, just for a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we got any photos when the sun was out, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like right we when you shot him, like the sun was like peeking out, and then there's like about 15 to 20 minutes of it, maybe. Yeah, and we then, were digging a, I was digging a hole for him because, like, if as soon as I pulled his antler, like he was going down the mountain a yeah. long ways. Yeah. And so, like, he was just hung up on his own antler. And so, as soon, I, we had to like dig him out and like, Okay, that's how you got him to stay there. Oh, yeah. We just like kind of made a little spot in the screen to keep him there because there was nothing to tie off to or anything. Like, and I just, we probably could have let him roll, but probably would have broken some antlers on the way down, I'm sure. Yeah. And messed up hide and meat and the whole, the whole shebang. So kind of wanted him to sit where he was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you had the fun work of processing him on that steep slope. Yeah. No, and. Yeah, look, I mean, these guys know their stuff. So Dre just did the front end, and he did the cape because he's done more, way more capes than I have. And I did the back end and back straps, rib roll, that whole shebang. And uh, we put it all on our packs for a second just to get it away from the carcass, and that was that was real heavy. <laughs> I can tell you what, half a caribou and cape and antlers and all our gear is like, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna take this all the way out tonight. So we got it about 300 yards away, and then 
left left the load and then got the rest of it down to the bottom so yeah. it was an adventure that night too though just you know in the dark it's hard to route find in that brush so you're just like yeah. and well there was no good route through it right. like and even in the daylight when we went back it's just you got to plow through the brush that's what dre and i would just be like oh you know just argo it <laughs> we just run through the brush just but, oh, wow. um yeah, you, the next day we, we were able to actually get the Argo a little closer. So the pa- yeah. I mean, Paco was still, it was a good one. It was, it was a grind, but yeah, it wasn't as bad. Like we didn't have to go. I, I thought we were going to be miles through the buck brush, but it, we, it wasn't. It was only like, it was less than half a mile that we had to like really, really bushwhack. So it wasn't. Well, the footage looks like some serious book bushwhacking. Oh yeah, no, it, it yeah, <laughs> and you're going through a creek the whole time, back and forth yeah. across the creek, and carrying a rifle, carrying those big antlers through all that brush. Yep, yeah, misery. Yep, but we did get to sleep in the next morning. Yeah, which I almost feel a little bad about because then you know I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. You no, gotta get out. We, we slept in, and I'd taken some uh, a leave or something, and I woke up. And I must have slept just right because my hip was recovered. I didn't have any pain, any stiffness. I don't know what, if I pinched something in there, I guess an ortho would know what could have caused that level of pain. But I was really happy when I woke up the next morning and was feeling good. And I was even happier when the plan was crafted that you and Dre were going to go get the rest of your caribou. (laughs) And me and Michael and Grant were going to go look for another caribou. Which I knew involved some more argoing, and uh, oh yeah, just looking glass yeah. look glass. It's almost like pronghorn hunting, just in an extreme sense. Yeah, you're glassing quite a bit higher up. Yeah, than when you are <laughs> pronghorn hunting. Yeah, and you aren't seeing nearly as many of them. But yeah, that morning we saw some right at camp, right? Is that the yeah, morning we guys, woke up? And- you glass went up at camp, Marcus, and then. Yeah, we saw a couple in there, and then, like, kind of, like, right off the Argo Trail, we found a decent, like, a 300-class bull, which is, like, I don't know, an okay bull, um, but nothing that you were really interested in. But, yeah, those were, like, right there by the by the Argo Trail, yeah. and then we sent it in there a little bit further and eventually pulled off, and we looked at the mountain that we, like, found the very first caribou of the whole trip, and that's when... Uh, Old Big Hank was hanging out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But do you think it was the one that we'd glassed the day before? I yeah, I think it probably was. We should look at it on the computer. But I'd got phone scope footage when when we had lost those caribou on the first stock. We were just glassing far away, and it was a long ways away. And we spotted a herd, and they were just like. In my mind, it wasn't that big of a bull. Like as, yeah. but it was so far away. Yeah. That I just didn't realize when we when I went by, back and looked at the footage, I was like, "Oh, yeah, we we kind of misjudged that one yeah. <laughs> by a lot." <laughs> now he's a mile and a half further south, right? Yeah, and we just stopped. This is what I really liked about Grant. Every little roll that we would rise a bit up out of all that brush, he'd stop the Argo and we'd just glass because even though you just glass that mountain. A slightly different angle, you could see into some different cuts and folds and stuff. And I'm just looking through my binos, and when they're facing straight away from you on a south slope with no snow, the white butts stand out. I'm like, oh, 
there's some caribou. And I got out the spotting scope, and I'm like, Grant, can you look at this? Because I know you're never supposed to judge an animal from behind, but this thing looks really big. And so he gets out his spotter, and he just looks at me with a big smile like, I think we better get closer. I think that was about all he said. Let's get closer. And so we did, and we got, I don't know, we got about, what, a mile away, Michael? Yeah, Something like right. that. And uh, by now they'd rolled around into this little pocket, and I couldn't find them. And Grant's like, oh, they're, they're bedded, right, just right above those spruce trees. You'll see them if you look right above that last spruce. And they were. They were just bedded in there, but it was like on a flat little bench. So it took a trained eye to pick them out. I I, I mean, maybe if I would have stood there long enough, I would have seen him. But uh, when he said that, I'm like, oh. And so then we throw our spotters up, and the second look was even way better than the first look. I'm like, uh-oh. So we decided to have a sandwich. And during the period of eating a sandwich, I think Michael took it upon himself that, look, someone's got to be an adult here because these two guys are acting like little kids about this bull. <laughs> And Michael's like, well, Randy, we got five or six more days. Are you sure you'd want to shoot one today? I'm like, yes, this one. <laughs> and you're, you're grilling yeah. me pretty hard to make sure I was for real. Yeah, and like I wasn't like saying I, – I didn't want to give you the impression of like we shouldn't do it, but like – we had there's a drainage in there that we had heard some some tales from the past of big yeah. bulls being back there and like right. you had just shot yours and like there was kind of like well it'd be cool if Marcus was here and and Dre and um because you guys were out packing yeah you were out retrieving yours at yeah. this time and green I, and and so I was just like thinking of it from the mindset of like well we could probably reload like given like your, our experience with yours Marcus was like we didn't find him one day we knew he was there we were able to relocate him but then when I was like saying my spiel about like well maybe we can relocate this one go look at other ones or go look at other ones and then relocate this one Grant was like yeah it doesn't really work like that and then once he said that I was like oh okay well then yeah maybe <laughs> maybe you're you're right we probably should go kill this one then um, I mean it was, it, it's hard because like that's what I said too. I was like, we've looked at like two bulls that are big, you know? Right. And it's like, I know this one's big. I, I have no experience of judging these things, but I know he's big. Um, and we're on day three. So like, there's, we're going to go find some bigger ones. But like when Grant was like, no, it's not just, it's not like that. Like they can be here today and gone and we'll never see him again. And I mean, I think, yeah, you definitely made the right decision to yeah. go. And, well, they're migrating, so yeah. maybe they'll hang out in that spot for a few days. Or maybe they'll just the cows will pick up and start migrating to wherever they want to end up, and they're going to take that bull with them. So, And then I've hunted up there enough to know that, well, you got these things like weather, you got rain, visibility issues. Mm. And this one really looks like one I'd shoot the first day or the last day. So, uh, and the wind was perfect. We had the wind coming out of kind of a southwest, and there's this great stocking route that we could take going kind of to the east of him and up the hill. It was just like the planets aligned. And yeah. I'm like, Michael, all your points are duly noted. <laughs> I'm taking them under advisement, but I want to go shoot at this one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of how it went. I think we sent you guys an in-reach message that we we're about ready to go on a stock. Yeah, and we had just got back to the, the truck, so we turned around and came back in. Yeah, and by the time you guys got there, we'd taken the Argo across this beaver pond or little beaver creek or whatever you want to call it and grant weaved his way up in there and it was it was kind of interesting he, he he so the this drainage runs where the trees are kind of running east and west and on the north side of some of these big spruce groves the brush was not nearly as thick hmm. so the first 400 yards of climb was misery. Yeah. And then he got to this this big, long string of spruce that grew up this drainage. I thought that last yeah. two-thirds of the stock was like, okay, yeah. this, this is doable. And we were making good time. And then we got up. I'd, I'd marked them on my map, and we got up to their elevation. And Grant made a good call. He's like, let's go slightly above them because if they feed out of that basin, they're probably going up. And sure enough, as we start moving towards them, we start heading west. And uh, he'd called that they'd got up and started feeding out of that basin. And when he first saw them, I had a, I think it was like a 360-yard shot. And I'm like, no, I didn't come here for a 360-yard shot. And... Uh, then the mountain is now, the sun is dropping to the west, so the mountain's casting this big shadow. So we could just hop from shadow to shadow, brush clump to brush clump. And the, the cows would look at us like, yeah. what is that? That's three goofy looking figures over there. I'm not <laughs> sure what the hell that is. And the bull was down below them. And we kept going and kept going. And uh, finally, they're, they're, they're moving and we're moving, so... Even though it was 360, by the time we'd moved 300 yards, they were still 250 yards away from us just because of everybody moving. And But there's a little gap in the brush with this nice little flat roll, and it was range it, I think 264 or something like that. And kind of like your situation, he's surrounded by cows behind him and mm -hmm. one off to the side of him, and I'm laying there on my pack. And it's a good thing that, I had to wait for cows to clear because I was pretty darn excited at this <laughs> point. I, I laid down on my pack and the crosshair is just going all over the place. I'm like, uh oh, this is not good. Breathe, Randy, breathe. So I don't know how long I laid there, a minute, yeah, two minutes it, before the it, cows cleared. Yeah, it felt like a long time, but I don't think it was that. It felt like a long time, but I don't think it was really... I mean, it may have been a minute. Yeah. Okay. It felt like a long time for me. I was yeah. just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> is this going to happen? <laughs> and I didn't know. I, I, I'm I trying to hear Michael. I'm like, are you on him? And Michael's saying yes. And I'm like, I, I can't hear him. I'm like, are you on him? And Michael's like, yes, I am on him. Shoot the damn thing. <laughs> well, he, he, yeah, you asked. And I was, I said, yes. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> like, I think that's what like confused him. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was, that was so cool. Yeah. And Grant. I'm sure for him, he was like, how do these guys kill anything? That bull is going to get away. Uh, because what had happened is when the cows cleared away from him, they went up above him a little bit, and they just started disappearing over the next spine. And I'm like, because now he's quartering, looking towards us, mm -hmm. kind of quartering on. I'm like, 
if he decides that I'm going to follow those cows, he's going to pivot and he's going to pivot fast and be gone. And so as quick as the last cow cleared over the ridge behind and I knew he was clear, the crosshair just happened to be in the perfect spot. And I don't even remember. <laughs> other other than Michael and Grant are like, oh, yeah, he's he's hurting. He's hurting yeah. bad. Great shot. Yeah, and I was trying to get another shot in him because he's kind of wobbling. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's so much brush where I'd lay down. He's now obscured. And then in my scope, I just see antlers somersaulting <laughs> down the ridge. I'm like, oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I know I did what probably five or six somersaults, yeah, something like that. So it was a, it was a cool little hole we had there, like where you shot from. Like I I look back at it, like when we got up to the bowl, and it was a cool. It was like a little sniper hole. It was yes. just like a little like yeah. we were surrounded by bushes, and Randy's on his pack, and it was really cool. Yeah, it was. And then to walk up to him, I'm like. Boy, he looked big compared to those cows, but I didn't think he was this big. And uh, I couldn't have been any happier. It was fantastic. Yeah. So It's a sweet bull, super wide. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. My, my bull fits inside of yeah. Randy's bull. <laughs> uh, and we thought my bull was big. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I, I just, you know, uh, for me... I, I, I'm seldom at a loss for words, but that was one of the funner stocks, one of the most beautiful landscapes I've ever done a stock on. We're up, I don't know, a thousand feet or so above the valley floor, a little bit of snow cap on every peak. The sun is lighting up the valley behind us, even though we're in the shade. And here's this amazing animal spending it with amazing people. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do to top this one. It, just the whole experience of, yeah. of everything that was there. And then Michael says, hey, Marcus wants some coordinates. He wants to come and help pack this thing out. <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah, you, got you an inreach message and I on our way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were uh, gutting and gilling and quartering. And Michael says, you hear that? I couldn't hear what he's talking about. He's like, I hear an Argo. I'm like, I don't hear it. And Michael runs over to the ledge. Ah, oh, they're right there below us. Because <laughs> we were we were wondering, should we bone it all out yeah. and try to carry out the three of us plus yep. all of our gear? And then when we heard you guys coming, it's like, no, nah, we're not going to bone this thing out. <laughs> There's five of us. We're getting this thing off yeah. here. Oh, among yeah. the five yeah. of us. So really appreciate you guys marching up that. Yeah, I got another bush, another bushwhack in for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, your 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 rack got hung up a lot more in the the bushes than mine did. Uh, <laughs> <it> turns <laughs> out. <laughs> well, when we were hiking out, Michael heard my frustrations because my rifle was grabbing brush and I had a tripod oh, on yeah. the other side, and it, something was stuck in the brush the whole time. And all I kept thinking is because you offered to grab the antlers on the way down. I tell Michael, I am really glad Marcus is hauling those antlers out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just plow um, through it. it was, argo it. Argo it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty good. That was a ton of fun. We were back at camp that night. It was it was a really fun night. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. We stayed it, up pretty late that night. It seemed yeah. like we had so many 
crazy cool experiences in such amount, a short amount of time. Yeah. Like to think that that happened in three days was just wild to look back on because it just yeah. felt like so much longer than that. Yeah. Three days and two bulls of that quality. Right. Just, yeah. I, I I could tell those guys were pretty excited because I think they'd been hunting their butts off all season. Oh, yeah. And that Yeah, to put it in context, I mean, I think Dre was up there for 90 days or so yeah. when he start or maybe nine i can't remember if 90 days 90 days was going to be included our hunt or yeah before we got there but regardless a he long had lost time 40 pounds yeah and he's like he's a not a big dude not yeah, a big it's not dude like he was like overweight or anything to start he was like fit to start yeah lost and then, a lot of muscle mass yeah. and like just hunting hard all yeah. season yeah i think that they were also really excited to get you guys because like a lot of times those guides, they, you know, they're limited by the hunter that they are guiding, like, and they want to go hard, it yeah. seemed like. Oh, yeah. And, like, depending on the client you get, there's some guys who don't want to get out of the Argo, you know? And right. so they were excited to yeah to go after. I'm sure some. they get plenty of clients, though, who can yeah. crash mountains, yeah. too, though. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some of that. Yeah, that night was so much fun. We stayed up pretty late that night. Yeah. <laughs> was that the night where we, or no, I don't think Bethany and Dan got there till later. But, or was that? No, that, that was that, that night. Was that, night. Yeah, that was that night. That was that night. Because, yeah, so yeah. then we just, we just had a party at the cabin, basically. We yeah. ate a bunch of, we ate a bunch of, uh, well, we had your backstrap. We ate, we ate like your whole entire backstrap. No, almost. well, we didn't finish it. But yeah, we cut up the whole, or Bethany and Dan cut up the whole backstrap for yeah. us and started cooking it for us when we got back. And then yeah. we finished yeah, we polished off a whole backstrap in two days. Yeah. Plus, Plus Andy's tender ones. Yeah. Yeah. We good. ate a so, lot of caribou meat. And it was <laughs> so good. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah, because we had heard rumors that rutting bull caribou, you know, oh, after, you know, halfway through September or something, they don't taste very good. Like, oh. Right. These are so tasty, so incredible. So, yeah. so, so good. Whoever said that either had some different caribou than we ended up with or cooked it differently than what we did. And I don't think we did anything fancy, but no, I mean, it was like you, well, you marinated the tenderloins, but then right. backstrap was like what Montreal steak seasoning mm-hmm. and backstrap yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That night yeah. was awesome. I was given, I was dubbed a new nickname. My, my one. Oh, yeah. Juicy. Yeah. Juicy. Yeah. Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Grant had a client that like brought his buddy, uh, who had never gone on a hunt before, just as a guest. His name was Juicy. And that, I didn't watch any of the videos. Did you watch some of the videos? I, I watched some of the videos. Yeah. Uh, and I guess he just was like, you remind me of Juicy. So then, like, the rest of the trip, everybody was calling me Juicy. Yeah. Well, the the one video I saw was hit, was this Juicy character in the back of an Argo, like you were, yeah. like, laying in, laying in it, like, and this, like, selfie on himself, like... <laughs> We got that moose. We're about to go back to that cabin. Like, it's like, it's like, it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that that's Michael. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, the good news is we got your caribou out that day and the rest of mine. Yeah. That, no, all, we had all, all of me packed that. out. That was a good feeling for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a little present. Yeah. Dustin had come <laughs> up to the cabin that day to deliver... I don't know what he did. Well, he swapped trailers and then dropped uh, Dan and Bethany off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's what he did. And I, uh, Dustin had asked me when we first got to Watson Lake, he's like, you ever kill a Yukon moose? I'm like, nope. He's like, you want to? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not in my budget and not 
in my plans. And uh, he's like, well, I got an open moose tag. But the way it works in the Yukon, I guess he gets X number of tags. And if one client doesn't fill, the client buys a tag. But if he doesn't fill, it doesn't count towards his allotment or his harvest quota or whatever it is. Yeah. So since we're the last hunters of the season, he brought up that he he can buy the tag for the hunter and the Yukon, the outfitter can do everything. So he brought me a moose tag. He's like, no charge. I'm like, what? And he's like, you no. lucky son of a gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, you guys do a lot for us and a lot of other people. I just, I'd like to see you shoot one. And I'm like, wow, that's, that was, that meant a lot. And uh, it also meant we got to stay there. Yeah. Keep, right. Keep we were kind of sad, like thinking about like, what are we going to do? You know? And then, well, I brought fishing poles. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I brought. I, I borrowed Grant's shotgun. I just planned on going Darmigan and Darmigan grouse. and grouse hunting for a couple of days, but then we had a moose tag. It's like, well, let's take care of all this meat and do all this other stuff. And uh, that was the day we had to go retrieve the Argos with the new horse trailer that was up there and <laughs> cross that big creek and got stuck. Yeah, that and, was an adventure. Yeah, what do people see that on the video? That was a fun one. We did some rock work. Yeah. Just moving moving rocks around to by put hand. tire yeah, by hand to put tires on to not high center and it was fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there are certain there's a few things on this hunt that I was just like some things happen and it's just like we'll figure it out. Like we'll figure these things out. Um Yeah, the troubleshooting of uh Grant and Dre figuring yeah. out the braking on the Argo. Yeah. One of the Argos stopped steering. Yeah. And when we're in there a ways. Hey. And I don't. I don't think I would have got that one. Like I, f- I feel like I can troubleshoot a lot of stuff. I don't think I would have figured that one out. But no, they, Grant did. Yeah, he pulled the because they worked like Michael explained by braking, and so he had to pull the brake. He looked in the brake fluid reservoirs, and one side was empty. So on he, his Argo. On his Ar- on the one that wouldn't steer. So then he pulled the brake fluid caps on the other Argo, siphoned some out to like balance the balance it out between the two argos i was getting a little nervous i'm like yeah. you know we got one working one yeah <laughs> like, we do might we really want it like, <laughs> but in hindsight it worked out well and i got both of them working again yeah <laughs> so. and then yeah he he was able to get that trailer yeah i got enough. the trailer yeah. across the creek that was impressive and then uh we went down and shot a couple grouse, and in the what we were doing is we were moving down the valley. Uh, the report was that the moose move out of the high country down towards the river, right. and we were hunting caribou in the high country, and we we hadn't seen a moose while we were caribou no. hunting. Not even a moose track. No, I well, and, I Dre and I had seen one moose, a cow, one cow moose. Oh, okay, but that was it. Yeah, okay. when you guys were packing out. Yeah, when we drove, yeah, when we were driving out with my, okay, my but so, other than that, no. So we moved instead of going up the valley from our camp a half hour. We went fifteen minutes down the valley from our camp and dropped the trailer and all the Argos and said, "Well, tomorrow we'll give it a real good effort." We there was an old Argo trail going back up that valley and it was a bumpy Argo trail. <laughs> yeah. when we went in there the next day. But at least now, we had, Dustin had brought up a third Argo. 
Right. So Dre had went with the two new hunters, uh, Dan, well, the new hunter, Dan, and the videographer, Bethany. Mm-hmm. So Dre was no longer with us, but Grant led the three of us out on a moose hunt. And he didn't s- seem that optimistic that we were going to shoot a moose. Yeah, I, I mean, they well, had struggled in there. Yeah, it sounded like. Yeah, I think that, I mean, well, we hadn't seen any. Right. Granted, we were in a different area. Yeah. And then no, I just it, felt like it was like a bonus, like, hey, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, it was pretty sweet to just mm-hmm. like, let's go hang out. And like, yeah, if a moose happens to walk by or we happen to call in, sweet. But like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like it. I didn't get the impression that we were going to be successful. No. Yeah, I didn't no, either. either. Like, I, I, <laughs> I didn't. And then, well, the night before, we ran into Dustin and his dad, Dean, who had come up to get the other horse, horseback hunters right. and Wranglers, Harrison and his crew. And Harrison was the guide and we were telling him where we were going and he kind of got a yeah. big smile. And that's when I really yeah. was like, okay, if he's been in here for six weeks and he, he's like, I left a lot of them out there for you, if you can find them. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. But you know what? What the hell? We're not doing anything else. So right. I I was happy to go do it. Oh, yeah. Just burn yeah, some. Yeah, something to do and yeah. see a new country, see mm-hmm. a different part of the mountain range. And yeah. it was it was really cool down there. Like, yeah. yeah. It was weirdly like lower country, but the peaks were kind of more impressive. There were some yeah. like really rugged peaks that rose up from the valley. And yeah, it's this really beautiful area. Yeah. Yeah. So we got in Argos and headed in there. It was 24 degrees, nice crisp morning. Call, stop and call, wait an hour, move again, stop and call, wait an hour. And then the, the, the high adventure point for me was crossing a river in an Argo. Uh, Grant said, oh, we're going to just go right here. Well, my, my side is upstream, his side is downstream. And as we leave the sandbar, the current grabs us and pushes us off the sandbar. And we are now the ship of fools floating around out in this river. Looked hilarious out there. Banging off the bank. Spinning circles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's so deep. Well, and also we didn't have, we only had plugs in one of the Argos. Your Argo. Yeah, no, but we... Well, he he took a plug. Yeah, that's right. You guys gave us one of the, one plug. So we each had one plug. We each had one plug, which is another one. I'm like, yeah, "Ah." I was kind of wondering about that one too. It's like, ah, really, man? Like, sure about that? (laughs) (laughs) You sure about that? Oh, Oh, man. But... You know, we're out in that current there, and I'm like, the the front end is, because the motor's in the front, I'm like, we're about ready to take on some water here, and this this is not good. I, I'm thinking, all right, how far can I throw my pack? How far can I throw my rifle? <laughs> I'm going to be dog paddling here pretty quick, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it, we spun around a couple times, and this is where it showed Grant's experience. He realized that if you put it in reverse, it would bring the front end up higher. Okay. So you weren't sunk so far in the water. So he's putting it in forward, reverse, forward, reverse. I'm like, I would have never thought about that. And then down on that corner there, another sandbar came in and we hit that. <laughs> crawled out of there and Grant's just like, oh, yeah. He gave the look like, well, that's what I meant to do. But I could yeah. tell. I don't think he, I don't think I don't he meant to do that. the 360. <laughs> yeah. Doing tricks out there. Yeah. And then he, when we came back up, 
the route he told you guys to take, I'm still scratching my head wondering why didn't we take that route? Yeah. Well, that's we that was my. I mean, that was kind of my plan before. Is this like, yeah, I'll just aim upstream a little bit. We'll drift down and hit the other side. And it worked well. well yeah. I think that he <laughs> thought that it was not as deep as what it was. I yeah. think that's like what he really I think what, he, left, he I think left the he, bank before he expected to leave the bank. Yeah. 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 So, anyhow, it we, we survived. Oh, yeah. And then the worst Argo Trail of all the Argo Trails we were on, Yeah, I think, was yeah. the next 15 minutes, 20 Oh, minutes. yeah. That was... Bouncing around, a bumpy. rock piles, and yep. I could not believe they would negotiate those big boulders the way they did. Yeah, they were impressive. Yeah, they were very impressive. What they could crawl over. Yeah, so <clears throat> we go there. Grant parks our goes like, let's climb up that ridge there. We'll be able to see this big valley a little bit, and opened up a lot there. It was the mm-hmm. one spot in this tighter valley that was really open. Bunch of old beaver flowages in there. And, Looked like a spot where Moose would want to be. Very yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, his procedure was he'd call for, I don't know, three or four call sequences, and then he'd be quiet for 20 or 30 minutes and do that. And he warned us, he said, you know, sometimes it takes two or three hours for a bull to get here, which I'm like, whoa. And I've far. heard that it can take days for a bull to get there. Really? <laughs> no, okay. So we went so far starting a fire. Taking naps, ate our sandwiches. Filmed some interviews. What's that? We filmed some interviews. Yeah, like filmed, you're, we filmed yeah. your interview. That was like a 45-minute interview. Yeah. And uh, just I was like, oh, well, we'll finish up some filming here and we'll ride out right at dark. And yeah. I'm, I'm dreading this river crossing again because I'm thinking, dang, if we do that in the dark, <laughs> I don't know how the hell yeah. we're going to pull out of that. But uh so uh, you guys walked up the, the ridge, I don't know, 100 yards or so to film another interview. And Grant and I are standing by that little fire, and he's like, you hear that? And I'm thinking, all right, you guys told him how bad my hearing is, and we're back to this, let's play tricks on Randy and say we hear things that really aren't out there. And I'm like, what? He said, I just heard a bull moose. I'm like, huh? And then I hear, whoa, <laughs> And I looked at him, and I'm thinking this could be a joke. And he's like, no, that thing is coming, and he's coming fast. I'm like, really? So I, that's when I ran up the hill to get you guys, and you guys probably thought I was jerking your chain. Oh, yeah. Dude, you guys hadn't been gone three thought, minutes. Everyone was playing a joke on each other, but yeah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you guys come running down there, and Grant and I still hadn't seen the bull. We couldn't find it. And then you, you're the first one who saw it, I think, Marcus. Yeah, well, he was all the way across the meadow. He was like 600 yards away, which I yeah. was very, because like, I heard it, and I was like, yeah, that thing's really close. Yeah. But he was, yeah, 600 yards away. I yeah. was like, oh, there he is. He's over there. He's walking right at us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. He came from straight downwind of us. I wonder if the fire obscured anything or just the fact that there's a river crossing that valley that the river creates kind of yeah. more of a crosswind. Yeah, I think that there was some other wind going on between us probably. Yeah, because if if that wind would have just been steady that way, he would have had to smell us. He was pretty love-struck, though. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what Grant said to him. But. Yeah, he, was, he looked pretty excited. Yeah, and he came running. Yeah. Like, at times, he was running. Yeah, when Grant called and he stopped again, 
Yeah. Like he just stopped and listened for a while and then just started running. Like, oh, this is going to happen fast. Like, yeah. I guess I feel like, oh, I, I don't know. It just felt weird. Like we were all just kind of standing there. Like I feel like not everyone was like believing that it was actually happening. Like we needed to like get ready. Like this thing's coming in hot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Michael looks at me. He's like, Grab your blankety blank rifle and get ready, man. <laughs> yeah, I watched it footage happen. today. It was like it, it really was like that. I was like, hey, you need to grab your rifle, man. <laughs> it was great. It was just laughing. Oh, yeah. we were all were. It was yeah. just like uh, I feel like none of us were like could believe that it was actually happening. Yeah, yeah. I, and you know we were all looking at him through our spotters and getting the all in digiscope of him. And I when I looked at him. From straight on, I'm like, if Grant gives me permission, I'd shoot this one and I'd be on cloud nine. But I, I didn't know what he'd say. And I didn't know that the brow tine did that, like, candy cane yeah, loop. Yeah, cool At the time I looked at him, I, never, I didn't see that. And uh, so, yeah, uh, then we finally woke ourselves up and got serious. And uh, both you guys were filming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I yeah. was on the long Mark. lens, and Michael had the over-the-shoulder. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, and Grant, he just called them right in, called, called them <laughs> to a point where the bull is closer to where we park the Argos than we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was pretty cool watching him come across the river. Like, he just, like, crossed that river just grunting the whole time. It was, it yeah. was cool. Yeah. It was really I mean, cool. He stopped down there in a little opening, and I had to move a little bit. So I uh, I probably should have asked the camera guys if they were ready or if they had a good frame, but I didn't. I just said he was in the frame. He's, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's good. It's good footage. I think yeah. I watched it today. It looked good. Well, that's because you guys are good. Because I didn't give you the normal are you on them. I just was like, okay. I got one little window to thread it through here, and I'm sitting here with my rifle. Sitting on my butt, my mystery ranch in front of me, shooting across the yoke, and boom. Yeah. He took. He didn't go very far. Mm-mm. He he stepped a little bit forward, and uh, then put a final round in him, and shot, took took a second shot through the trees, which. I knew that was, you guys probably heard me cussing, blankety blank trees. And then I shot and I saw a limb fall. I'm like, yeah, figures. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think I needed to shoot him a third time, but, or shoot a third time or hit nice him a second time. But with that, with that river he just crossed, in my head, he's only, what, 30 yards from that river. If he runs over and dies in that river. Yeah, it wouldn't be nearly as fun to process him in. Nah. So I just stood up and shot offhand and down he went yeah pretty crazy so what what we thought was just gonna be blowing off some time and seeing some new country and just goofing off for a few days i guess that goes to prove that if you're out there where the animals are and you're actually giving it an effort you might even get one and uh, yeah so that was cool yeah how about that pack out on that one though oh that was brutal man we got the argos within what Five yards? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mostly just lifting the quarters into the Argos. <laughs> Pretty nice. Oh, man. That was... That'll make you appreciate an Argo in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were back in camp. Before dark? Before dark. Yeah. You shot him at three. Yeah. And it'd get dark up there around 
It was like seven thirty. Yeah, I don't know. It took us like yeah. four hours to cut them up and have them back to camp. It was wild. Yeah, that's, that's not uh, the case usually. For no, me. no. <laughs> so that was that was a bonus I didn't expect. Uh, I'm very grateful that Dustin and and Grant Grant told me that they'd kind of conspired about that before we got there. So I, that that means a lot when people do something kind like that. Yeah, for you sure. Know, uh, Dustin didn't have to do that. And, uh, but he did. And yeah, because like, so. yeah, was, like you said, he's booked up for like years. Like yeah. He, that guy's runs a top notch outfit and just like didn't need the extra promo probably, but no. he was, yeah, appreciated um, what you'd done. So that was awful nice of him. Yeah, it was. And so we went back to camp that night and that was another fun night telling big stories back at camp. Oh yeah. Looking at footage about that bull coming in from Yeah. However far. <laughs> no, it was some good times just hanging out with those guys and getting to know them a little yeah. more. It was yeah. Yeah. Good dudes. Great outfit for sure. Yeah. So then we we spent the next morning deboning moose meat. Well deboning all the meat. Caribou Lo- and moose, yeah. Loading it in freezers and yeti coolers and their truck was squatting pretty hard. Oh, but. man, that, that, that poor raptor, it's it's never going to be the same. I have no idea how much weight we had in that thing. It was a lot. <laughs> and we had, we, we were able to stuff the moose antlers in the go fast. The, the in the camper. topper, yeah. Yeah. But the two caribou, we didn't have it. That, that wasn't happening. No, they got strapped. To the top, which <laughs> kind of makes you a little bit of a spectacle heading down the highway, every place you stop, everything you do. And yeah. So, um, but it was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was an amazing trip. We oh, just, we just got back last night. Yeah. I got to my house at 10 o'clock last night. Thanks for driving as much as you guys did, man. I was, oh, you got yeah. It. You still drove most of the way back. Yeah, you drove 15 yeah. hours that one day almost. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I had a high level of energy that first day. <laughs> I just uh, coming off the high of the moose and caribou and, and also looking at the weather forecast and knowing how warm it was going to be. So yeah. I, I want to just... Get it. Yeah, I get that because yeah, not all the meat was on ice or anything. We couldn't. Apparently, dry ice isn't a thing in Canada. Evidently not. You, it, you it read is, that one article that said it's hard to find. Yeah, them. a lot of the grocery stores don't carry it, and there's like oh. a few places that do, but they were all closed on the weekends. Yeah, and so we just like couldn't find dry ice. Yeah, and it was like we could have done ice, but then I don't know. This would have been a pain in the butt, and yeah. your meat starts to get wet, and yeah. so. It worked out fine though, because it stayed cold. Like it was, like, yeah. we kept checking it, and it was, it it got a really good initial chill. All of the stuff, so yeah, it stayed cold. Well, one of those trips that you just you think about it and you just get a big smile. <laughs> I'm excited to see what it looks like. It, it'll be interesting to see if the story on video comes across as well as the actual experience itself. It was, yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to make something truly as incredible as yeah, experiencing yeah. it in the field. But yeah, that's what we strive to yeah. strive to do in the video is make yeah. it as cool as possible. Totally, yeah. I think it'll be sweet. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. yeah. Wow. I've been looking at some footage today and it's like making me pretty excited to edit it. And I think like, yeah, it's going to be hard to like for us, for it to be us three, for it to be as cool as, as it was. Right. But like, I think that to be somebody who's wasn't there and you know, the story that we're telling, they're going to really enjoy it. Like, like if you guys decide to watch it, which I hope all you guys do, like it, it'll be good. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just thankful for you guys. I really appreciate you guys and uh, having this haunt with with the two of you there. This was really, really meaningful for me. It's uh, I'm at that point in my life where there's a few things left I want to do, and it's the haunt and the location and the adventure, but it's also the people you get to spend it with that add a lot to it. And so I appreciate you guys. Oh yeah, well, I appreciate so you. Much, yeah, it means a lot that what you just said, but also we both really appreciate you too, Randy. Yeah, yeah. No, it was incredible yeah. to be there and be a part of it, and yeah. I yeah still can't believe that you let me hunt as well. I that was very very kind. Well, but I yeah. It was a, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a requirement of employment. <laughs> we need we, yeah. we we needed more stories. We needed needed. I mean, think if we only if we went all the way up there and we only had one tag. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like we wouldn't do the story justice. So I don't know. It was yeah, just being up there and seeing that landscape was yeah, I, a lot. I, that, that was really cool. That's probably if there's one thing I hope people get out of watching the video. Uh, one is there are true adventure places that are so different in every respect. That it's just fun to go there. Oh the, yeah, the the northern lights, the the vastness, the just you could rattle off a million things that are different and and intriguing. Uh, probably the other thing I hope people get out of it is, you know, growing up how I did, you know, divorced parents and living in a trailer house for a long time and having no money. If you'd have told me that I would have had an adult life where I'd get to do things like this. I I could have dreamed it, but I wouldn't have dared set my hopes on it. And I hope that everybody who watches thinks about what their dreams are and what their goals are. And I don't care if it's hunting. I don't care if it's, you know, something you want to do with your family, whether it's travel, it's a personal fitness thing. I don't, it, it doesn't matter. But the point of it is, is if you have some dreams and you put your mind to it and commit to it, out there, if your health holds out, you'll probably be able to go do it. And uh, I, I don't know, maybe they'll be like, yeah, not doing that. And that's cool. I, I get it. You know, it costs a lot of money and I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't want to do that. But for me at this point in my life, like we were talking on the mountain, how... When I was your age, I would have never envisioned myself doing these hunts mm -hmm. because of the amount of money that, yeah, that it costs. I just had a million other priorities in my life financially. And now I'm lucky that I'm in a different situation. And okay, <laughs> is this is what I want to do. Yeah. And uh, well, you definitely make me think about it because it's just like what you said too is it's like you wish. You almost would have started some of those sooner, like, right. and it's awesome that you're getting to do them now. But right. you make me think about it. It's like, cause yeah, 
same thing. It's like, man, I'd love to go right. sheep hunting again or mountain caribou or whatever. But it's just like, it, it is so much money to try to save for. But it's like, yeah, like you said, if you can figure it out and prioritize it, it's, it's possible. Yeah. And it's all, it's just different levels of, you know, pr- priorities in your life and yeah. how you set yourself up for it. But yeah. And, and I get it. Some people are going to say, no, my priority is to buy ski passes for me and my family. And that's cool. As right. If that's your priority, then that's what you should do. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying everyone's priority should be my priority. No. I'm just saying whatever your priority is, go do it. And, you know, I, I feel lucky that my health has held out that I can go do it. Now that I'm in a financial situation, I can. And that's where I get to the point of I really wish I would have done some of these sooner. Because one, I could have maybe done more of them. They were way cheaper back. I mean, they're not going to get, yeah, they're not going to get cheaper. No. Moving forward. No, because there's a limited supply of them. Yeah. Of of opportunities, of slots each year for Canadian hunts or Alaskan hunts. So with the limited supply, the inflation rate, if you want to call that, of these hunts far exceeds the regular rate of inflation or probably far exceeds what you're going to earn on your investment. Yeah. And so... I could have done a lot more of these in my 40s. And yeah, I would have eaten away at my slush fund a lot quicker, but I would have still went and done them. And so, I don't know. I, it, it gives you a, when you're there in such a quiet place, no distractions, no cell phone. No, you, you couldn't get a cell phone or internet. It really allows your mind to think about why am I here? Why, why, why am I feeling so invigorated, so happy, so relaxed? Yeah. And your mind starts processing that. And that's when you say, all right, I need to do more of this in whatever aspect it is. And maybe it's just going to some quiet fishing lake. I don't know. Uh, and you just commit to trying to find places that takes your mind there. It's a good refresher. Yeah. Go and do it. So, but hopefully the crowd uh, enjoys it when it comes out on video. Michael, we did a gear video. We tried to do a gear video on every hunt, but on this one, we all agreed that the real gear piece to talk about was the Argo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you did, we did a couple hub pieces on like uh cold wet clothing system when you were on your stock we did that one yeah. and then we did do we did do a gear video and then we did a video on like how to save up for a dream hunt essentially yeah. which there's some good little points but yeah there'll be three day by days of it the caribou section and then the moose hunt will be one episode and i think they'll be out within the next couple couple weeks here on fresh tracks plus and then a couple of weeks after that, and we'll go on YouTube. So yeah. it won't be too long for before people see it. I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, but I'm sure it's just going to be like a couple of weeks after when it does. Yeah. So be on the lookout for it. Podcast is going out as soon as Joe edits it because we've been gone. Oh, and we yeah. Get, we got a a vacuum in our podcast roles right now. So I get a field report from the Yukon. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, well, thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Appreciate you being here. Hope you're having fun out there hunting this season. When the sun came-